Today is the 26th day of the month of March. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian. It is great to be here every day, right now. I don't, um, and this won't be the last time I say stuff like this. I stay stuff, say stuff like this all the time throughout the year, but now when I'm calling out these days and I'm looking at the fact that we're at March 26th, by the way, happy birthday to my brother. I just, I mean, I, it just very much feels like it was just New Year's Day. Like we just started this journey and we really are about to finish a quarter of the year. And uh, it reminds me in a good way that time is flying. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> if we're not here, then we weren't here. Right. So like if we're always out in front of ourselves uh, trying to get things done in advance, which is I'm raising my hand. It's the story of my life. Then we look at a calendar and realize a bunch of time has passed. And where did it go? Right? Because we were always out in front of ourselves and we weren't here. So I I wasn't planning on talking about that at the top of the Daily Audio Bible. But I imagine that I'm not the only one. And so let's be here now as we allow God's word to wash over us we're reading from the good news translation this week and we're reading from the book of Deuteronomy and the book of Deuteronomy is the final book in the Torah and uh, it is the final three conversations or discourses that Moses gave to the people before he left them like before he died, before he became history. So these are the things that Moses, who has gone through a lot with these people, this is what he feels like is important to say. In today's reading, we will begin his second of three discourses. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and 6 today. Moses called together all the people of Israel and said to them, People of Israel, listen to all the laws that I am giving you today. Learn them and be sure that you obey them. At Mount Sinai, the Lord our God made a covenant, not only with our fathers, but with all of us who are living today. There on the mountain the Lord spoke to you face to face from the fire. I stood between you and the Lord at that time to tell you what he said, because you were afraid of the fire and would not go up the mountain. The Lord said, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from Egypt where you were slaves. Worship no God but me. Do not make for yourselves images of anything in heaven, or on earth, or in the water, under the earth. Do not bow down to any idol or worship it, for I am the Lord your God, and I tolerate no rivals. I bring punishment on those who hate me and on their descendants down to the third and fourth generation. But I show my love to thousands of generations of those who love me and obey my laws. Do not use my name for evil purposes, for I, the Lord your God, will punish anyone who misuses my name. 
Observe the Sabbath and keep it holy, as I, the Lord your God, have commanded you. You have six days in which to do your work, but the seventh day is a day of rest dedicated to me. On that day, no one is to work, neither you, your children, your slaves, your animals, nor the foreigners who live in your country. Your slaves must rest just as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that I, the Lord your God, rescued you by my great power and strength. That is why I commanded you to observe the Sabbath. Respect your father and your mother as I, the Lord your God, command you so that all may go well with you and so that you may live a long time in the land that I am giving you. Do not commit murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not accuse anyone falsely. Do not desire another man's wife. Do not desire his house, his land, his slaves, his cattle, his donkeys, or anything else that he owns. These are the commandments the Lord gave to all of you when you were gathered at the mountain. When he spoke with a mighty voice from the fire and from the thick clouds, he gave these commandments and no others. Then he wrote them on two stone tablets and gave them to me. When the whole mountain was on fire and you heard the voice from the darkness, your leaders and the chiefs of your tribes came to me and said, The Lord our God showed us by his greatness and his glory when we heard him speak from the fire. Today we have seen that it is possible for people to continue to live even though God has spoken to them. But why should we risk death again? That terrible fire will destroy us. We are sure to die if we hear the Lord our God speak again. Has any human being ever lived after hearing the living God speak from a fire? Go back, Moses, and listen to everything that the Lord our God says. Then return and tell us what he said to you. We will listen and obey. When the Lord heard this, he said to me, I have heard what these people said, and they are right. If only they would always feel this way. If only they would always honor me and obey all my commands, so that everything would go well with them and their descendants forever. Go and tell them to return to their tents. But you, Moses, stay here with me, and I will give you all my laws and commands. Teach them to the people, so that they will obey them in the land that I am giving them. People of Israel, be sure that you do everything that the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not disobey any of his laws. Obey them all, so that everything will go well with you, and so that you will continue to live in the land that you are going to occupy. These are all the laws that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. Obey them in the land that you are about to enter and occupy. 
As long as you live, you and your descendants are to honor the Lord your God and obey all his laws that I am giving you, so that you may live in the land a long time. Listen to them, people of Israel, and obey them. Then all will go well with you, and you will become a mighty nation and live in that rich and fertile land, just as the Lord, the God of our ancestors, has promised. Israel, remember this. The Lord, and the Lord alone, is our God. Love the Lord your God with all your hearts, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Never forget these commands that I am giving you today. Teach them to your children. Repeat them when you are at home and when you are away, when you are resting and when you are working. Tie them on your arms and wear them on your foreheads as a reminder. Write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. Just as the Lord your God promised your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he will give you a land with large and prosperous cities which you did not build. The houses will be full of good things which you did not put in them, and there will be wells that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive orchards that you did not plant. When the Lord brings you into this land, and you have all you want to eat, make certain that you do not forget the Lord who rescued you from Egypt where you were slaves. Honor the Lord your God. Worship only Him and make your promises in His name alone. Do not worship other gods, any of the gods of the peoples around you. If you do worship other gods, the Lord's anger will come against you like fire and will destroy you completely because the Lord your God who is present with you tolerates no rivals. Do not put the Lord your God to the test as you did at Massah. Be sure that you obey all the laws that he has given you. Do what the Lord says is right and good and all will go well with you. You will be able to take possession of the fertile land that the Lord promised your ancestors and you will drive out your enemies, as he has promised. In times to come, your children will ask you, Why did the Lord our God command us to obey all these laws? Then tell them, We were slaves of the king of Egypt, and the Lord rescued us by his great power. With our own eyes we saw him work miracles and do terrifying things to the Egyptians and to their king, and to all his officials. He freed us from Egypt to bring us here and give us this land, as he has promised our ancestors he would. Then the Lord our God commanded us to obey all these laws and to honor him. If we do, he will always watch over our nation and keep it prosperous. If we faithfully obey everything that God has commanded us, He will be pleased with us.
Luke 7, 11-35 Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town named Nain, accompanied by his disciples and a large crowd. Just as he arrived at the gate of the town, a funeral procession was coming out. The dead man was the only son of a woman who was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart was filled with pity for her, and he said to her, Don't cry. Then he walked over and touched the coffin, and the men carrying it stopped. Jesus said, Young man, get up, I tell you. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They all were filled with fear and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to save his people. This news about Jesus went out through all the country and the surrounding territory. When John's disciples told him about all these things, he called two of them and sent them to the Lord to ask him, Are you the one John said was going to come? Or should we expect someone else? When they came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask if you are the one he said was going to come, or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus healed many people from their sicknesses, diseases, and evil spirits and gave sight to many blind people. He answered John's messengers, Go back and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind can see. The lame can walk. Those who suffer from dreaded skin diseases are made clean. The deaf can hear. The dead are raised to life. And the good news is preached to the poor. How happy are those who have no doubts about me. After John's messengers had left, Jesus began to speak about him to the crowds. When you went out to see John in the desert, what did you expect to see? A blade of grass bending in the wind? What did you go out to see? A man dressed up in fancy clothes? People who dress like that and live in luxury are found in palaces. Tell me, what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, indeed. But you saw much more than a prophet. For John is the one of whom the scripture says, God said, I will send my messenger ahead of you to open the way for you. I tell you, Jesus added, John is greater than anyone who has ever lived. But the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. All the people heard him. They, and especially the tax collectors, were the ones who had obeyed God's righteous demands and had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law rejected God's purpose for themselves and refused to be baptized by John. Jesus continued, 
Now to what can I compare the people of this day? What are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace. One group shouts to the other, We played wedding music for you, but you wouldn't dance. We sang funeral songs, but you wouldn't cry. John the Baptist came and he fasted and drank no wine, and you said, He has a demon in him. The Son of Man came and he ate and drank, and you said, Look at this man. He is a glutton and a wine drinker, a friend of tax collectors and other outcasts. God's wisdom, however, is shown to be true by all who accept it. Psalm 68, 19-35 Praise the Lord, who carries our burdens day after day. He is the God who saves. Our God is a God who saves. He is the Lord, our Lord, who rescues us from death. God will surely break the heads of his enemies, of those who persist in their sinful ways. The Lord has said, I will bring your enemies back from Bashan. I will bring them back from the depths of the ocean so that you may wade in their blood and your dogs may lap up as much as they want. O God, your march of triumph is seen by all. The procession of God, my King, into his sanctuary. The singers are in front, the musicians are behind, in between are the young women beating the tambourines. Praise God in the meeting of his people. Praise the Lord, all you descendants of Jacob. First comes Benjamin, the smallest tribe, then the leaders of Judah with their group, followed by the leaders of Zebulun and Naphtali. Show your power, O God, the power you have used on our behalf from your temple in Jerusalem, where kings bring gifts to you. Rebuke Egypt, that wild animal in the reeds. Rebuke the nations, that herd of bulls with their calves, until they all bow down and offer you their silver. Scatter those people who love to make war. Ambassadors will come from Egypt. The Ethiopians will raise their hands in prayer to God. Sing to God, kingdoms of the world. Sing praises to the Lord, to him who rides in the sky, the ancient sky. Listen to him shout with a mighty roar. Proclaim God's power. His majesty is over Israel. His might is in the skies. How awesome is God as he comes from his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He gives strength and power to his people. Praise God. Proverbs 11, 29-31 Those who bring trouble on their families will have nothing 
at the end. Foolish people will always be servants to the wise. Righteousness gives life, but violence takes it away. Those who are good are rewarded here on earth, so you can be sure that wicked and sinful people will be punished. Okay, so in today's reading from the Gospel of Luke, John the Baptist, who has, uh, has been taken into custody by Herod, uh, sends a couple of his disciples to Jesus to ask, are, are you the one? Kind of an interesting question. Why would John ask such a question? And this is where we begin to brush up against the apocalyptic worldview of the time. And we've kind of talked about this before, and I'm not going to get into like super big depth about this, other than from time to time we need to mention what we're rubbing up against because it gives us context for what we're reading in the Bible, but also context for our own lives because we have an apocalyptic worldview. So essentially what we're saying when we say apocalyptic worldview, which sounds so ominous, is essentially that the world is heading in some sort of direction, right? And usually as it's passed down from generation to generation, the direction that we're heading in is not a good direction. Right? Things are only getting worse and uh, that will lead us to a breaking point or a tipping point where things, uh, things could get very, very messy. But what is happening then is something new will be born out of that, uh, a new heaven and a new earth, as it were. That's how we as Christians would speak. But this apocalyptic worldview is, is essentially the, the sense that we're going somewhere and things are going to get worse before they get better, but they're going to get better. In the first century, when Jesus' ministry and John's ministry were taking place, uh, I mean, th things had gone um, through quite a long time of turmoil. The, ch the, the children of Israel that we're reading about in uh, Deuteronomy right now, they haven't crossed over the Jordan River and gone into the Promised Land. In Jesus' time, they've already long been kicked out of the Promised Land for their uh, unfaithfulness to God. So they're back in their ancestral land, but it's not their land. And so there's all kinds of turmoil and uprisings. So they are looking for a Messiah. They are looking for somebody who can rise up, rally all of the Hebrew people together, restore them to God and see God do some of the miraculous overthrow that he had done in times past. So, right, they have in their ancestry the story of God coming with the plagues on Egypt. So if God can do that to Egypt, he can certainly throw the Roman Empire out of this land. And that is what they want. And they believe it will happen through this one person, God's anointed, the Messiah, the one who was sent to do exactly that. So this is why John sends a couple of disciples to say, is it you? Just checking, you know, is it you? Because they have a worldview and a certain set of expectations about what the Messiah's job and role is and what the Messiah will accomplish. Of course, Jesus will accomplish 
all of those things. It will just be on a cosmic level and not just a temporary fix for a certain generation or time. So Jesus sends work a word back to John basically telling his disciples, look, go tell John what you are seeing. Don't go just tell John uh, miracles are taking place. Go tell him what you are seeing because what is taking place is what it looks like for the kingdom to come. Right? So wherever Jesus is going, restoration is happening. The kingdom is coming. Wherever he is, the kingdom is. Friends, that is still true. And he is within you. Wherever you go, so goes the kingdom. You can walk into these situations with the kingdom and ignore the power that you have because of that and walk away. Or you can be Christ-like. Jesus in the Gospel of Luke today after this discourse about John uh, kind of finishes everything up by, uh, by, by saying, how, how, how can I speak about this generation? And he talks about how there are kids in the marketplace and, and kids play for other kids wedding songs, but nobody dances. And so they decide to play sad songs, but nobody cries. What Jesus is effectively saying here is you are never satisfied. God could send you, and he's talking about John here, this prophet that um, lives a very austere, very, very simple life with a fiery message that's not good enough for you. And then the Son of Man comes and he's he's not doing that. He's eating and drinking. He's like mingling, being among you, going where people who need a doctor are. That's not good enough for you. Nothing is good enough for you. This is what Jesus is saying. If we just push pause and just consider what we're talking about in the Gospel of Luke today, we are already pinned to the wall. We have already been exposed. We do all of the same things. But lest we think this is a new invention on planet Earth, this kind of thing, forgetting who you are and where you've come from and who God is and where you're going, this has always been happening. And so we turn the page backward from the Gospel of Luke and we go back into our reading from the book of Deuteronomy today and Moses is giving his second discourse and what is he telling the people? Tell your children about what you are experiencing today. When they ask questions, answer them. Pass the story forward. Who you are, who God is, where you are going. And so, uh, I'll close our little, our little chat today by reading a passage back to you from the book of Deuteronomy. The reason that I'm reading this back to you is to remind you who you are, who God is, and where you're going. These words spoken to the children of Israel are certainly into their context, but these words also mimic the story of our lives. We were slaves of the king of Egypt and the Lord rescued us by his great power. 
power. With our own eyes, we saw him work miracles and do terrifying things to the Egyptians and to their king and to all his officials. He freed us from Egypt to bring us here and give us this land as he had promised our ancestors he would. Then the Lord our God commanded us to obey these laws and to honor him. If we do, he will always watch over our nation and keep it prosperous. If we faithfully obey everything that God has commanded us, he will be pleased with us. And so, Father, we come before you acknowledging this and and falling to our knees because we are not capable of doing this in our own strength. But you came for us and you made it possible for us to walk in union and in unity and in collaboration and in relationship with you. And so as we walk with you, we certainly can walk on the pathways that will only lead us to righteousness, will only remind us of our identity, will only remind us of who you are and where we're going. Come Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website. It's home base. It's where you find out what's going on around here. I guess the the most immediate thing to mention is the more gathering for women. Today is the 26th, and registration for the more gathering ends on the 31st of this month. So you can get all the details at moregathering.com, and uh, we hope to see you there. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can do that at dailyaudiobible.com. There is a link on the homepage. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those of you who have clicked that link over the years. Thank you. If you're using the Daily Audio Bible app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996 Spring Hill, Tennessee 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, 877-942-4253 is the number to dial. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hi, family. This is Rachel from Houston. I am calling today to encourage Dash from Indiana. I just heard your message and it spoke directly to my heart. I actually was at a... um, a Bible study last night and it was about um, how forgetful we are sometimes and um, I think that it's something that we we are forgetful we forget how big our God is and um, you know our God is so big that he, um, he he's just so much bigger than all of the worry and the stress and the 
um, unfortunate um, pain and discomfort that we feel. And so not to discount the, the way that you feel um, that depression is directly from the devil. And um, I I'm push that away. No devil, we do not um, like that depression. But I encourage the joy from Jesus in your heart for all the love for that baby boy who's turning one and all the love for your new one on the way. And I really, really encourage you. I give you the, um, the love of Jesus in your heart. And I just am praying over you and you will be on my prayer list every single day. So um, I love you and I love you family. And I am lifting you up. So have a great day. Hi. Hi, I am Erlene from Haiti. I want to ask prayer for my cousin. She's named Juliet. She has a cancer and now she's in coma. So we know that God is the God of the impossible. So I know he can do and he can heal my cousin. Also for my brother, um, for some time he's seen some blood in his poop. And he started um, a medical um, following. And uh, next week, he's going to have a colostomy. So I want to ask prayer for him and for all my family. Thank you. Hello, family. Um, I'm a first-time caller. And um, coming from Nigeria. Is I like you all. I've been listening to um, the audio for uh, almost five years now. Uh, I have a request, and um, I want you guys to please put my mother-in-law in prayer. Her name is Rita. Please. She's had... Um, um, a certain kind of illness that brings pain to her face and it has no known cure. And right now she's in the hospital and the doctors are saying they don't know what it is for her. Um, basically, she can't produce any um, blood platelets. So please, Lift up in prayer for me, that the Lord may heal her, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hi. Um, I was listening to Daily Audio Bible today, and I heard a prayer request from Dash. And I heard other prayer requests similar to that the last little while, about feelings of hopelessness. And I just want to say that, first, it's a huge step that you're even calling to ask for prayer. I think that's amazing and I think that's such a gift from God because it's so hard to take that step to ask for prayer. And so I think you should just commend yourself and others who have called in feeling hopeless too that you even took that step. And so I just want to let you know and the others know as well that I've been praying for you and will continue to pray for you. I struggle with that as well. But I just want you to know that God always delivers and He never fails. 
and just hold on to what you know deep down in your heart about God's truth. Try not to focus on how you feel, because our feelings often lead us astray, but God's truth always remains there. So keep it up, and I'll just be encouraging you in prayer. Good morning, Daily. This is Scott in Alaska. I haven't called in a few years. I've been listening since about 2010 off and on. I'm actually not in Alaska. I'm driving back to Alaska right now in uh, western North Dakota, nearly to Montana. And uh, I'm so grateful for the DAB and being able to listen to it going down the road. And uh, a thought came to me this morning. The road's pretty foggy. I only got about a quarter to a third mile visibility. It's kind of like life sometimes. I can't see everything coming up ahead, but it's really fine. A quarter mile is more than enough visibility. Got warm coffee and the daily audio Bible and people to pray for. I don't really need to see any further than that. I've got complete faith that this old highway is still rolling miles and miles and miles ahead of me, and I'll see it as it comes to me. That's sort of the way God does our life, too, isn't it? So if you're in life that's kind of foggy and you can't see very far ahead right now, no big deal. Have a cup of coffee, read the scriptures, and pray for other people. And uh, the road will unfold for you. So thanks a lot, and I'll try to check in again on this uh, trip up the Altan. I love you all, and thank you, Brian, for doing this.